I remember thinking, you know, very nice girl, but not for me because, right. I mean, she's into NASCAR and Alabama football. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Ugh. Ugh. you know, I'm not into NASCAR or Alabama football. <laughs> but the thing that we discovered about Barbara and I is that, and I think this is key to understanding our relationship. Right. If you locked her in a room and locked me in a room and asked us about things that matter, right. our answers would be spot on the same. Yeah. We are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is My Grace Life Story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. Welcome back to another episode of My Grace Life Story. We have Dacus and Barbara Wall with us today, and they're going to be telling us a little bit about how the Lord has worked in their lives before they came to Grace Life, but then particularly how He's worked in their lives since being at Grace Life Church. And um, Dacus is a podcast pro. Actually, no, we were, we were just kidding with that. Dacus was just talking about he's never heard a podcast, but now he's on one. And so he is not only getting in on a podcast for the first time, but he is going to be actually speaking here today. So, Dacus and Barbara, let's start this way. And, uh, Barbara, we're going to start with you. All right, just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, just a few things about who you are, where you grew up, things of that sort. So just to kind of introduce yourselves to those that are listening to the episode today, and then Dacus will do the same thing for you, all right? Okay, well, um, I grew up uh, out towards Cherokee, went there, graduated from high school. Then I started working at Weitzel Corporation, worked there for 28 years. Just kind of early retirement, we call it, after I was married for about a year and a half. And so I've been going to Grace Life for about 24 years now. Wow. I was invited here for, by my aunt that was teaching a small group class. And I came here for about a year, a little over, and then I was truly saved here. Okay, great. So you were converted here at Grace Life. Yes, I, was, I thought yes. maybe you were Christian and Christian. No, um, I grew Life, up so. in church, uh, okay. Assembly of God. Okay. I thought I was saved, as they say, the fire insurance at nine right. years old, but it, I didn't understand. You sure, know, it was just sure. wanting to stay out of hell, not be with the devil right. as, a, as a child. And so I grew up and it was, I don't know if you call it a works religion, but it was more about just what not to do, what not to do, what not to do, not a true relationship with Christ, just, you know, things that you don't do, don't do, don't, you know. Yeah, kind and of a checklist, do exactly, this, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and gotcha. so then out of high school, I started working, and so I just really got out of church. Then at 27, my aunt invited me to, to come here. So I really just came mainly because of her. Okay. And then I started continuing to come because of her. I didn't want to think, well, I don't like her teaching or small group. <laughs> and so wow. I would come to the small group and then just church on Sunday. Then I continued to, um, to come. And then, again, during that year and a half, just being under the true word and small groups and all that, Everything, I would read the Bible, everything, and, you know, it was like, you're not saved, you're not right. saved. It wouldn't matter what passage. You know, yeah. it's like, you're lost, you're yeah. lost, wow. you know. And everything that I would bank on, Zach Terry actually preached, and he blew everything I was counting on, you know, out of the water. And it's, just, weird, it's weird how the Holy Spirit does that, yes, right? I mean, yes. finds those little pedestals you're standing on and just kicks them up right. under you. So, yes. Exactly. And so, 
at the time we had Monday night visitation and that whole weekend. And I knew, I know now as learning, the Lord was drawing me and teaching me things and showing me things and convicting me. And so that weekend, I just, it was like, I could not be saved. You know I mean? I could not turn away from it. Mm -hmm. And so but just through all that, then I knew I was truly saved and what it meant. Okay. So that was when you were 28, 29? Tw- mm-hmm. 27, 28, round okay. in there. All right. Okay, mm-hmm. good. All right, yeah, great. Praise the Lord. All right, Dacus, same thing from you. Maybe just a, a little bit about yourself, you know, how, how you came to know the Lord, things of that sort. Well, I grew up in a small town. I didn't realize it was a small town at the time, but uh, it was a small town, kind of like a Mayberry-type okay. existence. Yeah where the only thing that really mattered was football. We didn't have a lot in the town. My parents, though, were very instrumental. Uh, They, uh, every night, they read the Bible to Mm. us. And so I learned to read the Bible at a very young age, King James Version of the Bible, because that was the only version there was back then. They hadn't invented all these uh, translations we actually understand (laughs) better. So I learned to speak in the these and the thousand. Uh, but anyway, did you uh, pray in the King James language like some people are able to? No, oh, okay. no, I didn't. I just was wondering. So, uh, I, 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 I had a, I was a strange child, uh, and so uh, Barbara is he a strange adult? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it carried over. That's uh, pretty uh, obvious. Some but, uh, strange ways. But yeah, I, I, I didn't understand things that you need to understand, and I think uh, you know going to church was just. It was just what you did. I okay. mean, it was never a question of, are we going to go to church this Sunday? Right. You know, we were always there Sunday night, Wednesday night, you name it. We went through a transition where we switched to another church. And uh, when I was about, I guess, nine years old, and my father died when I was 10. And actually, my grandfather, who I was very close to, also died at mm-hmm. about the same time. So we were going through a really rough year in right. 1973. Was I still remember it as like a very bad year. Mm-hmm. But a couple of years later, I, I dealt with a lot of fears and a lot of, I was a very cautious kind of person, very fearful of a lot of things because I didn't understand a lot of things. And right. I didn't have a dad to ask about things. And sure. So anyway, I got to a point where I said, you know, what do I really believe? Mm-hmm. You know, this was at about 12 years old. And okay. I said, you know, do I really believe what I what I would profess to believe, what right. I would say I believe, or do I not? And so I, I decided that, you know, either it was time to... It's time to make a decision, as right. you say. Not, and I don't mean a you know decision. You know, like we right. use the term decision. Yes. But yes. anyway, I, uh, I just said, you know, do I really believe it? And I just felt like the Lord was saying, yes, you do. And I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, uh, Royal Ambassadors Conference yeah, at I the Citadel, some of that. and there was a pastor speaking uh, named Steve Owens. He was a quarterback at uh, Oklahoma. And I guess the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association had hired him to speak at this thing. And I think I was, con- you know, converted at that point. And okay. I didn't know who to tell or what to do. I was right. at a church that was, I would think we would say not very biblically sound at this point, but we thought it was very biblically sure. sound or we wouldn't have been there. Sure. You know? Absolutely. But anyway, uh, I went up to my pastor and I, you know, I just went forward one Sunday morning and said, you know, I think the Lord saved me. Mm-hmm. And so they baptized me with no counseling of any kind. Right. And, you know, it, it, I just, through the years, I said, you know, do I really believe what I say I believe? And right. I kept going back to that. And I said, yes, I do. And I've tried to live that out, yeah. you know, in my life. You know, like I said, there was very little understanding, I think, at that point of the, the truth of Scripture and the, the truth of what sin really is and, and what repentance really is. I think there was a lot about belief, but not a lot about repentance. Right. You know, that was just typical of that era, I guess. Mm-hmm. The uh, easy believism, 
sure. that was promoted with a lot of evangelistic outreach of that era. Right. Repentance was 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 very rarely even mentioned. Right. Uh, I guess at that point in time, it was more just about. I remember the terminology. They, they sometimes they talk about, well, ask forgiveness. Yeah. But that's not all there is to repentance as well. Right. But but that was about all that was there. Sometimes I think. Uh, even was if that even, even if that was or? there, uh, I mean, it was believe it, receive it. You okay. know, it Got was it. pretty Got much you. very very easy believism. Right. Which I didn't even understand that term till fifteen or twenty years ago. Right. It was it was just you know everybody I was around. You know, I mean, I I, I grew up in a town of four thousand people, mm-hmm. with twenty one Baptist churches. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, uh, the teacher went around the room in the sixth grade and asked everybody, you know, where you go to church. It was just, you know, and everybody went around and everybody told where they went to church. And this right. one kid gets up and he says, well, we go to Lake on Sunday. And everybody went, ooh, <laughs> like it was evil or something. You go to the Lake on Sunday. I mean, uh-huh. it was just part of the culture. And right. I think sometimes what I wrestle with is, I'm, am I a cultural Christian? Mm-hmm. Is it just part of the way I was brought up or do I truly believe? Right, right. And I, you know, I wrestle with that for years. Yeah. Um, Okay. But anyway. And that was in, and you grew up in South Carolina. I grew up in South Carolina. Right. So, so a good ways from here. So, yeah. All right, good. So, I, all right. So, eventually we're going to kind of figure out how Dacus gets from South Carolina all the way to here. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, but Barbara, you obviously grew up in the Shoals. And so, uh, you know, growing up in an assembly of God church and then come to Grace Life. We were First Baptist back then, but come to Grace Life and the Lord um, save you there. What, what do you remember? And this is not to throw the assembly of God under the bus, some good brothers and sisters in the assembly of God church. But um, what do you remember about growing up in the assembly of God church? I, you know, I, I know I, I've told people before, I, you know, growing up in a different denomination, there was not a lot of gospel stuff in the, the denomination I remember from my childhood um, what was, you know, in the particular church you grew up in was, do you remember the gospel being taught a lot, or, or is that all just a real hazy memory at this point? You know, what, what, what were those early years of church life before you got here in the Lord Savior? What were those like for you? Mostly, I remember, you know, going, being in a little missionette class, you know, being in a little Sunday school class, and then not a whole lot. Um, I don't remember really opening the Bible a whole lot okay. there. It was just, you know, they would kind of just teach the little stories in the Bible by book, you know, a workbook or something. And then mainly, you know, I remember them speaking in tongues okay. and some of what was the that like? interpretation. That like, was that like scary for you or was that like, Mom, what's going on? What You know, what do you remember about that? It was, it was a little weird because there were certain people that would mainly do the speaking in tongues and okay. they had their own. Right. I don't, I don't really know how to explain yeah, it no, a little uh, bit. No, that's fine. And I remember the singing would last six, seven, eight songs, and it was all songs to, to stir up emotions, okay. you know, right. and and cry and lift your hands up. And and um, I, I remember it would go on and on and on, and it would be like 10 minutes of maybe preaching, right. you know. And so, so the word, the preached word was not a something that played a real central role. Not that, that I remember. Setting. Right, okay. Right, gotcha. And then again, like then getting in youth, then it was, again, a lot of the um, youth pastors would be like, you know, misery loves company, sin loves company. But it's also like, don't hang out with this crowd. Don't do this. The major what we call right. or the world calls major sins. Okay. Don't, 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 don't. Right. It was never about grace or, again, like the relationship that you have with Christ and, you know, wanting to please Him and glorifying Him. It was all right. about more like you yeah. and what not to do. Okay. 
yeah. And then gotcha. during the week, they leave you, you know. Right, yeah, okay, gotcha. All right, I'll, I always ask this question because I'm always interested in it. So, you know, I, I believe you said it was your aunt that invited you to come uh, visit church. And so coming out of an Assembly of God background, that's kind of what you've known. What was it like when you came here for the first time? What, what do you remember about that first visit? It, do you remember anything? I, you know, what what kind of, that, were there things here that you thought, okay, this is different? Or, you know, what was that first visit to Grace Life like for you? The very first visit, I, I guess I was a little nervous, you okay. know, and so I went up to the uh, the classroom. It was when, you know, we had like two small groups, so it was at 8 o'clock, so I went up there, and my aunt was up there, so that was made me feel a little comfortable. And then right. I knew a few girls, it was uh, ladies that was a little bit older than me, but I knew a few of them. And so that, you know, went fine. But I was still a little bit nervous because I put back on, yeah, I was saved at night, you know. Right. So I'm good here, you know. Right, yeah. I fit. But then I was really lost, though. And so my thinking was um, really worldly. And then I think I just kind of, you know, you, you wanted to, you know, kind of fit in. And, again, I think growing up Assembly of God, um, and a little bit of my personality is, you know, a people pleaser, you know. Right, right. So... I, after um, small group or Sunday school, I went down to church and I sat with them. So I was pretty um, comfortable, I guess, because that was my main goal, I guess, at the yeah. time. And then, you know, I, I, I was I was fine. I mean, what, what was your reaction to Brother Jeff's preaching? Was that different for you? Was I mean, obviously you said that, you know, you don't remember a lot of focus on the preaching of God's Word and the, the former background you had. And obviously you come here and Brother Jeff's an expositor. He's mm-hmm. going to go... You know, line by line, word by word, he's going to preach. So, so was that some? Was that a different thing for you coming in here? Oh yes, yes, and I, I, I would just, I could understand, you know, okay. more. I mean, it was like, oh, you know, a little bit, right. even lost. It was very convicted and stuff a little bit, but then I, I don't remember just a whole lot at first okay. i i, I sure. do remember just i remember him preaching in colossians okay there right. at first and that i don't know a couple sundays it took me a minute to find it because yeah. i was like oh, you know yeah. i just anyway I, it was it, it was kind of fun yeah. just Good. at first to something kind of yeah. different and new okay yeah Great, great, good. All right, so, uh, Dacus, obviously you grew up in South Carolina. You didn't grow up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so real different path that the Lord has taken you to get to Grace Life. So uh, when was your first time to visit Grace Life? How long ago was that? That was December 23rd, 2007. Okay, all right. So, so 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long ago. So, yeah. so okay, so let's hear a little bit of how in the world, because you were a pilot, at this right. time, right? So, so Dacus flew. Um, yeah, that was his job for many, many years. Retired now, but mm-hmm. so and you were living in Memphis, correct? Yes, uh, well, Germantown, Germantown. Right so Memphis. right outside of Memphis. So, so how do you go from Germantown? Because literally, you can throw a rock and hit a Baptist church from about anywhere there in Germantown as well, right? I mean, there's a yeah. ton of Baptist churches up there. So, so what brought you that December down to Grace Life Church, and what was that first visit here to Grace Life like for you? You know, it's. It, I know this sounds weird, but it's so long ago. It's kind of hard to remember the details. But uh, is 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 basically in the end of two thousand seven, 
I was really ready to get out of Memphis. I didn't okay. like living in big cities and the carjackings and the break-ins and everything sure. had gotten old. And so uh, I was ready to move back to rural life. But I loved flying out of Memphis. Okay. And I didn't want to get more than two hours away from Memphis. I'd looked all over Tennessee, and I just thought, you know, how could you find a, a good church way out here in these rural areas? I didn't know where to start looking. I wanted to find a town that was big enough to have one Walmart and a hospital. Okay. You know? Yeah. The necessities, the necessities of life. Walmart of life. And hospital, right? <laughs> well, one night I had I had been a member of a church that had a large singles group. Obviously, right. I was single at the time, and it was a lot of activities and everything. And uh, a lot of people thought it was a flagship church of the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. but uh, some changes had occurred there that I felt like were going away from the gospel. It seemed like they had become ashamed of the gospel, mm. to quote John MacArthur's uh, famous book, Ashamed mm-hmm. of the Gospel, that I had been reading at the time. I just thought most all churches had become ashamed of the gospel right. and were trying to be like the world to win the world. My church had gone through a, a large split, and I had ended up at another church away from all the people I'd known and been around most of my time in Memphis. But I was really longing to find a good local church, and I had visited all over Memphis looking. Right. One night I was on a on a website, and somebody had mentioned, a, I think they, well, they call it a, a, a what's a web blog? A blog. blog. A blog, whatever. Anyway, showing your technological yeah, expertise yeah, yeah. again, right? There. I have lots so. of that. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was on one of this uh, these things, and uh, somebody said on the on the down there said, "You've got to hear this guy preach." Said uh, he preached at a, uh, a conference up in North Carolina. He's very clear, very very easy to understand. And so his his name I thought was Jeff Noblet. I didn't know how to pronounce it. I just right. and so and I didn't know what he looked like, how old he was, where he preached, what his story was. But he kept talking about the importance of the local church, local church, local church. And I thought I've never heard anybody talk about the local church so much as this guy. But he had a seven point talk, and it wasn't really a sermon; it right. was a talk. Was that the Building Bridges Building Bridges Conference? conference. Yes. Yeah. And as he made his points, I thought, golly. That's what I've been thinking all these years, but I'm not eloquent enough to put it down and right. say it yeah. like he wow. said it. Mm-hmm. He was he just was saying what I felt in my heart very clearly. And I thought, I got to find out where this guy is preaching, because he's talking about a local church that I don't think exists because right. I've looked for him and I can't find one mm-hmm. like that. And so I came down here, you know, right around the Christmas break. I happened to get a day off from the airline. I was on call at the time, and, and they gave me a day off. You have to get one day off out every seven right. for rest purposes. And so I came down. I, I had come down a few days earlier and just driven around the town. And I thought, man, they've got a Walmart. They've got a hospital. Hospital, yeah. <laughs> they're, and they're two hours from Memphis, so I can yeah. still fly out of Memphis. Yeah. Hey, I might have found something here. Right. But I never would have thought of living in Alabama. I would. Thought I would live in Tennessee if because I lived in Tennessee at the time and never thought to look in Alabama. Didn't even really know where Muscle Shoals was. And I don't really know how I discovered that the services were online. But as soon as I discovered the services were online, I watched the services. And I, as I used to tell people, I look forward to the announcements because I just want to see what's <laughs> going on down there. You know, I, I enjoyed every part of the services. And as I've told, it's good to know that someone listens to the yeah, announcements yeah. because we always think no one listens to our. Well, we get we get announcements like forty eight times. So I think <laughs> by the time you announce them in church, we've already heard them in small group. Yes, we've already yes. so anyway, that's why you don't think they're listening. But yes. anyway, but I, yeah, I was I, I was very excited just watching the services online. So you know, I drove down here, looked around, liked the town, and thought, hey, this may be somewhere I want to be. 
And then it came down to a service, and uh, it was not a normal service. Jim Hatcher was leading the music, and uh, there was no choir and everything because it was, you know, Christmas right. break. Pastor did preach and everything, and I met one person, Bill Newman. I left and started starting to visit more often, started coming to the church conferences. Right. It was a church conference in uh, in February. February yeah. what's, his, what's the guy's name? Jay... Jay Adams. Jay Adams yeah. was speaking, okay. and I thought it was very unusual because Jay Adams lived about eight miles from where I grew yeah. up. Yeah, he lived in kind of the suburbs of my little four thousand person town. Right, uh, and he was broadcasting from the First Baptist Church in the county seat right. there. Yes. but anyway, so you know, I, I came down here for a long time, and I never spoke really to anybody or got to know anybody. I finally came to small groups after about six months, was really considering moving here, but with my job, I couldn't quite move yet. Right. A lot of difficult things came on in the next few months, uh, to say the least, and I had one of the lowest times of my life. Brett Beasley was hosting a conference up in uh, Southern Illinois called Encouraged to Endure, the first time he'd ever hosted yep. one, and he had three speakers there, uh, Randall Easter, John O'Sims, and Jeff Noblet, mm. and Pam Noblet played the piano, and Tom Clay led the music, so yeah. I decided I wanted to go to that, and right. he had handed me a brochure at one of the church conference uh, here, you know. Right. So I went up there, and that's the first time I really spoke with a pastor. Okay. I had gone to the discovery class, as mm-hmm. it was called back then, I right. think, right. Yep. back in March of 2009. Okay. Anyway, I spoke with the pastor briefly, and then so when I got to this conference, I said, I bumped into him in the hall. We were having a break, and I said, hey, I don't know if you know who I am or not. I'm wearing a big name tag, yeah. so he could have lied, but right. he said, yeah, I know who you are. I, I think I know who you are. Or I know who you are, or whatever. And and uh, so we started talking, and he said, "Why don't you come down and let's talk?" And one thing led to another. You know, I ended up down here. You yeah, know, shortened version of it. All right. Wow. Yeah. Good. All right. So you've been there. That's been 15 years ago now. So you've been at least here in some form, and then eventually became a full member. You know, here at Grace I'm, Life, and eventually made the move to the shelters. Yeah. So. About every two years, something significant happened. Yeah. Started coming here. Two years later, joined. Two years later, moved here. I drove down from Memphis for two years. Then two years later, moved here. Two years later, bought a house here. Two years later, more or less, married here. Just every two years was something significant. All right. So, yeah. So, actually, so so Dacus has has brought us to uh, another significant happening. At some point, you guys get married here at Grace Life. And and you guys can correct me um, if you're wrong. Obviously, you get married later in life. And Dacus, I think your term for that was you're going to— end life well together. A lot of people talk about beginning life together in marriage. And I think I remember you saying you're going to end life well together as a married couple. So, um, so yeah, the Lord's done a lot of good things in bringing uh, you here to the shoals and obviously put you guys together. So uh, what's, you know, Dacus, from a, a guy, obviously, who didn't grow up here, who, you know, you've been here 15 years now, so that's a good amount of time. But what, you know, when you begin to visit here, and you visited quite a bit, like I said, you drove down from Memphis for a while, but you know, what were some of the factors that cemented in your your heart and mind that I need to be there? I need to be at Grace Life. I mean, because obviously, you know, you were a part of a local church in Memphis, and I know some of it was, you know, uh, just relocating in general. But, you know, what, what were some of the things that the Lord used as you visited, as you came here, that said, hey, this is where you need to plant your life as far as church life is concerned? Well, I think the—I've uh, said this before, and you think I'm reading from notes to say this, but uh, it's—and I hate, you know, when people use alliteration. I right. just I despise alliteration. <laughs> but I— but I, at first, I liked the preaching. Okay, that was what drew me here. I love the preaching. It was uh, it was from the Word, and and at the time, you and the pastor were the two preachers that I heard right. here. 
but you're faithful to the word and not just preaching five things to make your finances better, seven things to make your marriage right. better. Right. It was not topical. It was very expository. And I love that. So coming out of the, the church, churches you had been in Memphis, were they churches that did expository preaching or no? No, as I said, they preached the same sermon every Sunday, just okay. with a different text. Okay, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. It was it was very uh, evangelistic oriented. I felt like it was more like a Billy Graham crusade okay. almost. Okay, and a very emotional altar call. Gotcha. And a very easy believism was just integrated through everything they did. You know, okay. right. come forward so that if you die in a car wreck on the way home, you won't right. die and go to hell, kind yeah. of thing. Gotcha. And gotcha. anybody could not go forward during that. Invitation. They had to be very, very cold because right. it was, you know, it very emotional and very sure. orchestrated, yeah. even sure. to make people think that all these people were coming far from different directions mm-hmm. to make it look like a lot more people were coming far than they were. But anyway, so I, I love the preaching, right. and then I liked the people okay. I got to meet, which was largely the staff was the right. main people I knew at first. But I really liked the people. I mean, you know, we went bike riding together and yeah. stuff and yeah. things like that. So I liked the people that I met. I didn't know that many, but I liked the ones I met, and then I liked the practices. I like okay. the, how, how things were done here. Right. Most Baptist churches are just full of committees that have conflicts. And there's, as far as I know, I don't know of any committees here. Yeah, yeah we don't, we're you not know, a committee. It's not a committee-driven church at all. And little things that, that I really like that you can't say, well, Colossians 3.17 right. says this, but things right. that I liked that came across to me as humility and and a, a broader base, biblically oriented type okay. thing. I liked a lot of the practices. You know, I liked the fact that there was a choir. Yeah. Okay. I liked the fact that the praise team didn't try to draw attention to themselves. Right. Which I had seen a lot of. It seemed like the praise team was like out there. Everybody's giving their own concert, you know, kind right. of thing. And I, I liked that it was very subtle and in the background. At the time, pastor was preaching through Hebrews. I think okay. everybody remembers what verse we were on when they first started coming, you know, because, right, right. you know, you can do that. Yeah. And and I came on Hebrews 11, 25. Okay. You know, that's yeah. when I started coming here. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he was preaching through Hebrews and he preached Sunday mornings and Sunday nights on Hebrews right. at the time. And then... Wednesday nights, you were usually preaching through a book. Usually in right. small groups, we were going through a book. And so you were going through three or four books of the Bible at the same time. Yeah. I love that. I'd right. never seen that before because in most small groups I'd seen, it's just they got people who were willing to teach and they taught on whatever they wanted yeah, to teach. Sure, and there was sure. no oversight at all. Right. And there was no somebody like, what did your teacher teach on today? You know, and right. there was no like, well, we were talking about that verse that, what did you think about that? What did your teacher say about that verse? Because to me, I didn't understand that one real well, you know, whatever. And everybody's studying the same thing. And that was, that was really neat. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, those practices were things that, you know, I can't draw to a verse, right. but I like those practices. So yeah. the preaching was the thing that drew me here, but the people in the practices kept me here and okay. moved me forward, I yeah. guess you'd say. Yeah, great. Amen. So you've been here 15 years now. <laughs> Barbara's been here a lot longer than that. Um, how long have you guys been married at this point? Uh, a little over five years. A little over five years. So somewhere close to about nine to ten years into to your time here at Grace Life, Dacus, when the Lord leads you here, you and Barbara obviously at some point start a relationship there. So one of the things the Lord has done in y'all's Grace Life story is that he brought you together to be husband and wife. So one or both of you, a little bit of background on how the Lord did that and how the Lord kind of brought you guys together and brought you to the point where ultimately you said, I do, and became husband and wife. Well, I was single and had always been single and had been praying, you know, for a godly Christian husband for a lot of years. And 
I am in accountability and have been for about 17 years now with a lady that goes to Grace Life. And so she had helped me pray and had really helped me a lot in um, this area and just encouraged me and, and just, I don't even have all the words that I could say about her. But anyway, I had been praying for somebody. And so then after a time, you're like, okay. I don't even care. <laughs> Lord, if you have somebody for me, then, you know, I know you can send them. And I really want them to go to Grace Life because I wanted them to hear what I was hearing. I wanted them to be under what I was under, not come here for me. And and I would get set up with somebody that was very faithful at another local church or whatever. And then I would get scared before, you know, I might go because I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm I'm here at this church. I love this church. This is where I'm being fed. This is where I'm growing. And this is, you know, I, I love my church. And I thought, OK, I don't think I want to be married if it means not go here or I have to go somewhere else. So I thought, okay, I'm fine. If I do, I do, and I'm letting the Lord pick them. And so it is what it is. I wanted a directory for all the church plants, you know, with pictures, <laughs> you know. Come on, Lord. Uh, you know, but anyway, yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm good. If he brings me somebody, if not, then I'm fine. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. I'm serving. And so anyway, it was – and I, I had I had noticed Dacus because – was that like love at first sight? No. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. the first time I've heard this. Not, that's not, why I wanted to hear it first. I wanted to hear the story. Not at like 45. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, you know, I like that he wore a suit and dressed for church. I noticed that this is over some things or whatever, but, you know, he was in the choir. He served in small groups. He loved Brother Jeff, he loved the staff. He loved other people that went here. And also, it wasn't like he was just on this reformed, like, oh, this church is reformed bandwagon. I'll see what's going on here. Right. I needed I needed somebody to go here, but I needed that time to see them, too, and know that because once you're married, if they move you to another church, then you have to go. Sure. And so— I wanted to have somebody that loved here and thought the same thing and believed like that and everything. So anyway, so I noticed that he had been going here and he and all those things and everything, but didn't know anything about him or his taste or anything like that. And a lot of his things that, as we have learned, are very different from what I do. But anyway, so we had, it was a church membership information class, I think, in April. And so he was going to have a lot of people over at his house, just married and single, but, you know, several single people. So I went, and it was the first time, I believe. And so we, um, several of us, you know, went over there, and another friend stayed, which I wasn't that close to her at the time, but we stayed for a long time, and we just kind of started talking. That night, her name was Charlotte, but she said, well, what do you like to do? Something like this. And he was like, well, my favorite thing to do is snow ski. And, and so he said, but that's not around here. And she said, well, I guess you could move to where that is at, you know, with your job. And he said, nope, nope, I'm here. I can buy my plot here because, you know, this is my 
this is where my church is. And so I looked up and I went, <laughs> you know, like that was great because yeah. it wasn't nothing of the shells, but, you know, the church. And right. if the church yeah. is keeping yeah. grown man, you know, here and everything. So I just thought, oh, that's great. So right. that really kind of started something, you know, in me to look a little bit more into things. Yeah, okay, yeah. And start praying in a specific right. way. Yeah, good. Degas, is that how you remember it? Uh, well, there's some differences there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the first time we met was just on a Wednesday night, and, and uh, Juanita Wheeler said, do you know Barbara? And she was right. kind of sitting down the aisle from me, and I just, there was nothing really, it was, hi, how you doing? Right. Another couple of years passed. We didn't cross paths very much. I mean, okay. obviously, we, we went here for, I went here for like 10 years almost before we right. got married. So, yeah. But anyway, then a couple of years later, Steve McAllister had some people over his house, and, and I remember meeting her there. Okay. Uh, that's the first time we really talked at all, and it wasn't much then. And I remember thinking, you know, very nice girl, but not for me because, right. I mean, she's into NASCAR and Alabama football, <laughs> and I'm thinking, ugh, <laughs> you know, I'm not into NASCAR or Alabama football. <laughs> but the thing that we discovered about Barbara and I is that, and I think this is key to understanding our relationship, right. if you locked her in a room and locked me in a room and asked us about things that matter, right. our answers would be spot on the same. Yeah. Amen. But if you locked us in a room and asked us about things that don't really matter, our answers would be total opposites. Yeah, right. We are total opposites on everything that really doesn't matter that much in life. Right. How we drive, the level of risk we like to take. Amount of travel. Know, amount of, well. You like to do. Yeah, I mean, well, I've given up on travel. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been outside this little circle. And I told Barbara the other day, I said, I think my car got eight miles on it last week. <laughs> I haven't been to an airport uh, in two years. Yeah, yeah. And at one time, I thought I'd travel more than any other human being alive. Right. Because I not only did it for work, but I did it for pleasure. Yeah, travel's gone, gone by the way. But anyway, yeah, I think... That was the thing. And I, and I think, you know, to be honest, we didn't realize how big those differences were when we right. got married about the things that didn't matter. Right. Because it was so overwhelming about the things that did matter. Right. We were we were there was never an, uh, a talk like, well, when we get married, do you want to go to church on Wednesday night or Sunday right. night? Or, sure. or do you want to keep teaching small groups or do you want to whatever? Right. We were just in sync on all that. It was mm -hmm. Never a question asked. But the other things, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're very different. And right. it's amazing. I mean, I think one of our cousins was over at our house one time for a Thanksgiving thing or something. And he said, man, I can't believe that Barbara, Miss, I hate risk, I'm afraid of heights, I'm kind of thing, would marry a guy who's an airline pilot yeah. who loves to snow ski as <laughs> right. fast as he can. Yeah. You know, but when you've got the, the, the important things down, the other things can kind of right. go their course. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Well. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm glad he led you to each other. And, and, and a big part of that, obviously, was Grace Life and how Grace Life has, has, was, uh, you know, ministering to you guys and brought you guys to this point. So, 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 Dacus has come from Memphis. Barbara, of course, grew up in this area. They, they, they come to Grace Life. They've been married. So, so, so what is life at Grace Life like for you guys right now? Are you, are you serving somewhere? Uh, are you in a serving in a small group leadership? Are you in the choir? I mean, what, what are you guys involved in at this point at Grace Life? Dacus, we'll start with you. Well, I teach a small group of guys who are about my age and a little older. Okay. Uh, 59 to 61-year-old okay. age group. Taught that for the last couple of years. Uh, work with John McIntosh, who is outstanding to have yeah. as an outreach leader, and he teaches a good bit, too. I've taught—I was always wanted to get with the older people. I know mm -hmm. I taught 
the first time I taught, I was teaching 42 and 43-year-olds, and I was probably 49-ish at the time. And the next year I turned 50, and I couldn't wait to get in Division Three, you know, or whatever it was back then. Yeah. And Steve McAllister says, nobody wants to jump up to that division, yeah, yeah. you know. And I was like, I do. I can't wait. I, you know, I like being with older uh, folks and teaching yeah. older folks. And so they let me teach a group. that I was 50, and they let me teach a group 50 to 53. Right. And I thought that was great, uh, other than – you know, the one year teaching the 40-somethings and one year teaching the 12th graders. I've taught in the 50 age range ever okay. since. And, of course, Tim has been my division leader. All right. Good. Now, are, are you still in the choir? Yeah, still okay. in the choir. Right. I can't sing very well unless I've got a good voice in my ear. And so okay. I'm always – it always matters to me where I sit. Right. And usually I, I've got some really good voices behind me and okay. so I can get by. But uh, Tom just came to me one time and he said, hey, we're really short of men in the choir. We really need men in the choir. Right. And so I said, well, I can't sing real well unless I got good voices in my ear. And he yeah. said, we'll sit you somewhere okay. till you get used to it, to where your, your help, you know, can. So he put me beside Lanny. Okay. And Lanny, Lanny sings with a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. And he really sings out. So that was helpful to me. Okay. And uh, we don't always sit together now, but there's other voices in my ear now right. that, that are helpful. But if I get stuck somewhere where, you know, I'm not saying bad voices. I'm saying the guy, I can't hear their voices. They right. don't stand out. Some guys sing louder than others. And uh, then I have a little bit more trouble. But I'm trying to hang in there, yeah. you know. And sing as best I can. All right, good. Barbara, what about you? Uh, are you? Are you currently serving in small group leadership? Uh, what, what does that look like for you right now? Yeah, I'm outreach leader um, for ladies 25 to 27. Okay, so um, Dacus went older and you went younger. Yes. That's what you decided to do. Yes, okay, yes. all right. What's that like leading younger ladies um, in a small group? Yeah, I love my small group class. Okay. Um, we've been with those age ladies for several years now. It's it's great. I, I love them and they just I have a heart, I think, for young twenties. I, okay. I, I just I look back on my twenties and right. how I was lost mm-hmm. and just living in the world and I just I I think that's where a little bit that comes from. Right. And so I just I have a heart for them and I love them and it's a joy to serve them, you know. And right. Margot and Sandra is um the teachers and we bring breakfast, take turns for the class. And but that's just a way I think that and they've showed me that, you know, we serve them. Yeah, I've always served y'all spoil y'all's girls as well. Yeah, but doing, I right? think of it like, you know, that's an age a lot of um are just married. Some yeah, of them have young that's kids. That's what Margo tells me. But and I, they I, get I, there and know. they can just kind of know that they fed their kids, their family, and they can get there and eat and just have yeah. a water or coffee and um, just, you know, feel served and loved right. and ready to. So what's that been like serving with Margo and Sandra? Because they're, they're a little older than you. They're not old. I'm not saying that. Just a little older than you, so so what's that been? I mean, has that has that in addition to serving with them, has there been any sort of way in which they've kind of mentored you? Uh, you know, kind of in a Titus two sort of way. You know, mm-hmm. older ladies, you know, with the younger ladies, and then of course, you know, all three of you with this younger class. Um, so what's it been like serving with Margot and Sandra? Oh yeah, definitely. I um, they have of course two different teaching styles, but yeah, I, I I love them. I love the way they teach. I've, I learn from them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Margot's out, you know, every other week. Right. And then um, on her vacation times, and Sandra's been out some. And so I've taught. And the Lord's grown me in yeah. that, yeah. in teaching. Made me not so prideful, you yeah. know. Right. I would be nervous and just, it was pride, you know. Right. Oh, I can't teach. I can't get up in front of these. 
But he's, I mean, like, again, you know, you give us the lessons. And if you just, you know, know, you know, you study your word, the word and the lessons, you really have no excuse. I mean, right. you know, like, I, I don't, anyway, it helps. It right. helps so much. And then just praying and stuff. So um, I think the Lord's grown me a lot in those times. Also in our small group, we have socials. And another thing that Margot and Sandra is really good about doing is once a month, we try to have a social. And during those times, it's great for those ladies again to get out in fellowship and just share their their lives and struggles and and everything and how the Lord is, is growing them. And usually we ask everyone, because the most important thing is their salvation. We can bring them breakfast and serve them and have socials and tell about our lives and funny stories and all that. But we want to know their testimony. Right. And so every um, social, we try to ask somebody to give their testimony. We've had some in there that wasn't sure or wasn't right. about their baptism. And so that gives us, you know, something to pray for and to constantly Amen. ask them right. and, you know, everything. And so I think that's bonds them. Right. Yeah. And because you don't, this person comes to church and you see them out or something, you don't know their lives. And to open up and to ask questions about them, then we can pray for them. And I hope that they know we truly care and care right. about them. Yeah. Amen. So, Barbara, you mentioned, uh, you know, a few minutes ago about a, a long-standing accountability relationship that you have. I think you said like 17 years. Was that born out of a small group class, or h- how did that relationship come about in your life? Yes. Okay. Uh, she, Juanita Wheeler, she yep. was my teacher at the time. Okay. And so I had been going here, well, several years, you right. know, and then I think it was one of the more times that— Again, being single, kind of there's lonely times. Sometimes, and just being honest, church and a church that's, they do put family-oriented, the church picnic, Mm, the this, the that. It's families. Mm -hmm. It's couples. And sometimes you can feel lonely at church. And after, you you know, the preaching and church is over, you know, this family and this family. And I did sit with couples and families, and they were my friends. And they were good to involve me, but you just get kind of lonely. And I think at that time, I had still had some lost friends and just kind of got out in the world just a little bit more. And so I was seeing sin in my life. And I went to her and I said, I need accountability partner. And I need real accountability. I, I, I don't need in here where I can just come in here or meet you and say a verse and check and right. just go through a notebook, which is great, but I, I need, you know, the real, and I need it every week yeah. and I want it for time and I need to share things yeah. with you. So why'd you choose Juanita? Well, she was my teacher. She okay. was my small group teacher. And I told her, you know, some things that was going on and everything. And she, you know, agreed right. and um, prayed. And then uh, at the time, she was a school teacher, and, and of course, I was working. And so we had Wednesday nights and Wednesday night meals. And so we both kind of lived out from church at the time. So we decided to meet on Wednesday nights before, like when she got out of school and I got out of work, we would meet and then we would go and eat and then go to church. Yeah. And so it just worked out really great. And I know the Lord had his hand 
all in that. And so all through my life, the last 17 years or so, it's just the Lord has just put us together. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It's been amazing. And high times, low times, there is nothing that um, I cannot share with her. Right. Good, bad, ugly, right. you know, and yeah. I know she feels the same way. She's just my spiritual mother yeah. that I love and, you know, hope to have yeah. till the Lord comes back. But, right. or, you know, yeah. Yeah, wow. So 17 years of meeting weekly, yes. right? Basically, or, I mean, guess, you know, there's sometimes. I sure, mean, sure. You're out of town or vacation or yeah. things of that sort. But for the most part, you guys have kind of maintained yes, that for the last yes, 17 yes. years. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, sometimes great. if we miss Dacus, it was like, don't you meet Juanita? <laughs> Aren't you uh, supposed to meet Juanita tonight? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, it's a great, just, um, I'm, I'm thankful. And I encourage that, you know, in our class, right. because I mean, even through, you know, being single, married, you know, building a house, I mean, just all right. those things, she doesn't let me get by with stuff, yeah. you know. And, well, and you ask for real accountability, right? And she has obliged you by giving that uh, real yes, accountability yes. to you. And it's some of the simplest things that she can say in the next week, you know, the Lord will just use it, you know. Right. And yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, okay. So I'm going to ask you each this. So if you had to summarize your grace life story, maybe a couple of sentences, just a couple of thoughts to just wrap up. Okay, here's what God's done in my life in and through the, the church here at Grace Life. How would you summarize that? Barbara, we'll start with you, and then we'll let Dacus close us. I'm just so, I guess, thankful okay. um, that comes to me, my mind. And I just, um, I think through Grace Life, I have learned to love the Lord, the relationship, I, mm. I want to please Him. You know, right. it makes me sad right. um, and my sin, and I want Him to constantly show me that. But that's right. through growing here and being in the Word and, and teaching that and how we're preached, how s- sinful we are. And we need the preaching and God to use that. We need each other. When I come to church, even there's folks that I don't know or I would not ever hang out with, it helps me. I want to see them here. You know, it encourages me. This is my family, you know, and just to worship the Lord rightfully and grow in that. Yeah, good, good. Dacus, how about you? Summary statement on your Grace Life story. Well, I guess, you know, I was thinking about that when you first asked the question, and I I was like, okay, I want to see what her answer is first. (laughs) Give me some time to think. But I think the thing is, when I come here, I feel like I'm being fed. I I told the pastor when I first came here that a lot of times I'll go to churches in Memphis searching to find churches, and I'd feel like I ate a candy bar, Mm -hmm. you know, and I came here and I felt like I had a steak dinner. You know, I felt like I needed that. I, I mean... I mean, there's a lot to the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. There's prayer. There's personal Bible study. There's meditation on God's Word. There's memorization of God's Word. There's outreach to the lost. There's uh, loving others. There's so many elements to that. Right. But, I mean, you know, if you, if, you, you know, if you try to run a marathon without drinking some water along the way, it ain't going to go well. Right. And, and I think, you know, if you try to live the Christian life without being fed the preaching of the Word, it ain't gonna go well, right. and I think the thing yeah. is, we need that. I need that, and I think it's obvious how much I need that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you come in here and you're frazzled by all the things going on in your world. And to be honest, the post-COVID world has not been kind mm-hmm. to a lot of folks. I mean, there's right. just a lot of things that people have gone through, yeah. whether it be COVID or 
economic issues or whatever. So you come, sometimes you come in here and you're just beat up. Right. And then you need the preaching of the Word to kind of reorient your ship and get it back on the, the, yeah. the right path. Yeah. Sometimes you're banging into the guardrails on both sides and right. you need something to, you know, and the preaching of the Word does that. Yeah. And, and, I, and so I, I appreciate the preaching of the Word. That's what Grace Life gives me and, and I need from Grace Life. Yeah, I want to serve. Right. But also, I need to be fed, yeah. and and the preach of the word is is what I is what I desperately need, yeah. and I you know and you can go out and you can watch some, or I, I guess it's say you can listen to some podcast if I understand yeah, what those are you now. Go. That's right, and you can listen to you know I know there was times when I got on YouTube and you know how YouTube is one thing leads you to another. Right, you start out listening to Jeff Noblet, then you're listening to John O'Sims, and then you're listening to John MacArthur, and then you're right. listening to whoever. And I, I've sat down, you know, on layovers at the airline and listened to, I don't know, seven, eight, nine sermons in one time, you know. Right. But that's not the same. Yeah, I think sure. the worship of God with your local church and with your local people around you, it's just different. Right. You know, I, I think we've missed, what, maybe one or two services here in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and those times were because we were sick or something, right. you know. But anyway, I know one time... Um, I got stung, and I'm allergic to stings, and I swell up real bad, and I got stung three times on my head, mm. and we had to miss the Sunday morning service. Man, I could, you know, I couldn't wait to get here Sunday night because right. I'd missed Sunday morning, and I really missed it. Yeah, you know, and right. I wanted to be here. And yeah, we watched the service online. Heck, on our morning of our honeymoon, we watched the service <laughs> online. We don't miss a service, right? But but it's different in yeah. person, and I, mean, I think you I know. You're cheating yourself if you try to watch some flat computer panel or watch right. your phone. And I did that, and I was very thankful for that. And I, I probably listened to more services online here than just about anybody. Right, right. Yeah, Tim knows. I mean, when I was flying with the airline and or not living here and couldn't be here, I was always, always watching the service online. Right. But it's just not the same. Yeah. And I think worshiping with your fellow believers is, is so important and worshiping the Lord. Amen. It's not just the preaching of the Word. It's the central right. element of the worship right, service. Right. But worshiping the Lord in the worship service mm-hmm. is, is so central to living the Christian life. And like I said, there's other very important things. But for, for us, I think it's so important to, to hear the preaching of the Word and worship the Lord as a, as a local church body. Well, Davis and Barbara, thank you guys for being willing to uh, hang out with us for a little bit and share some about your Grace Life story and how the Lord's working in your life. And look forward to how He's going to continue to use you guys in the future. All right? Thank you guys thank for being you. with us. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.